everyone, and welcome to Fireside Friends. This is episode 13. You know what that means. This episode's going to be spooky. <laughs> so, someone here is going to die by the end of the episode. Okay. Oh. Who's it going to be? Will it be me, Ryan Prasad, or will it be one of my co-hosts, Alan Ibrahim? I'm here cosplaying as uh, the rap game Naps the Book, so uh, I'm going to die by the end probably. Who knows? Will it be my other co-host, Katie Marie? I hope not. <laughs> or will it be our special guest for the episode, Courtney Terry? Ooh. <laughs> Hi, Courtney. Hi, what's up? <laughs> not much. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's really interesting to be on the other side and on a show. You're <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're already dead, I guess. I'm rolling with this. I've been dead on the inside since I was born. Ah, same. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's everybody been up to? Nope. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm like, why don't we ever keep the segment one? That part. This is yeah. why. You know what? This I don't like why. to go first. Okay. I'm a guest in your house. The problem is that none of us do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. It just defers forever. I can go first. Okay. How long do you want to talk about here today on this podcast? I want to talk about a new game I've been playing. Mm -hmm. It's called Rhythm Heaven Megamix. Oh. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've I've played some of this, too. It's very good. It's beautiful. Um, It's a rhythm game. It's on the 3DS. Um, It's a mishmash of all of the Rhythm Heaven minigames from the past. Almost all of them, at least. Unfortunately, they didn't keep my favorite, which is DJ School, where you play as a blue alien. But, you know, you can't have everything. Uh, in life and I really like it because it satisfies a need in me to hit things on a beat like I love tapping to rhythm I do I like tap beats out I was doing that in class all the time um, in school and I am obsessed with like getting things perfect and every single note of that game is graded basically on your like bottom screen when you're tapping with the a button it's like oh you're you were a little bit early a little bit late and just this desire to fit right down the center right down the middle of the line over and over again uh like that is really satisfying to me and then it's also um really great because all of the the framing devices for the rhythm games whether they be you know you're a wrestler uh, being interviewed or you're uh, an annoying little boy in a choir uh or <laughs> you're a spaceship pilot all of them are basically revolving around you fitting into a group and trying to fit in with people um and like kind of coming into your own and being like i'm i can do this i can do what everyone else can do uh and it's interesting because this i bought this game with the first paycheck from my first job so uh it's congrats thank you um How it's weirdly you? <laughs> i appreciate it it uh it was hard to come by but i'm here and i i'm getting through it but uh it's it's it actually weirdly parallels what it's like being at a place where you want to be as good as everyone else like i want to be on beat because everyone else is and why can't i just be up there and it's constantly mm-hmm. encouraging you to like you want that choir boy to open his mouth at the right time and close his mouth uh although i really hate that one ryan knows the one i'm talking about uh it's really hard it's <laughs> there's just something about like having to hold the button down and then let go to make the beat happen that's really frustrating but yeah uh it's really fun and there's a there's so much hashtag content in rhythm heaven megamix like it's got over a hundred little little fun mini games all with little stories and and different ways of grading you um yeah. and they're all they're all super cute and the art style is beautiful i just it is so soothing to play after a long day to just like do a couple of mini games get the brain moving all that good stuff 
Yeah, I love rhythm games. Like my, I in middle school and high school, I had like the worst obsession with rock band. Uh, so Rhythm Heaven, and it's like quirky style and presentation is like hundred percent my jam. My favorite Rhythm Heaven mini game though is uh, there's one in there where you're a bear, and it's like implied that you that he broke up with his girlfriend. And you're eating donuts in time to the music. <laughs> uh, but it turns out the whole thing was a dream. Nice. Which I'm glad because that's like really fucking depressing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Somehow I still haven't unlocked that one. Courtney, have you played Rhythm Heaven before? Yeah, but it's been a minute. And I would not say that they were soothing games for me because <laughs> <laughs> they would start, like, the moment you miss one, I would, like, rage quit start over. Uh, same with, like, WarioWare. The moment I lost a life before it hit level 10, I'd be like, I'm starting the stage over again. That was, like, Elite Beat Agents was really soothing for me. Uh, Courtney's games. my best friend. We're playing. We're talking about <laughs> Elite Beat Agents. Best game. <laughs> best game. Such a good game. Um, I unlocked the Divas, though, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm done. Playing Elite Beat Agents. Yep. Uh, this is where my career ends. Agent J out. Tapping out early. Agent J. <laughs> Agent K here. God, Elite. I could do a whole podcast about Elite Beat Agents. Holy crap! It's a really good game. <laughs> yeah, it's really. Um, yeah, yeah. Rhythm games are great, but like, I'm also a little bit hard of hearing, and so every once in a while, I was like, "Is was that?" I'm imagining it. I would hear like Phantom Beats too, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, fucked up real bad." Um. But Elite Beat Agents was my level of goof when it comes to rhythm games. That was that was my all-time favorite, and I'm upset they never made another one. I think there's potential for another one. And also Phantom Beats is my rapper name, so that, that is what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, anything else? Any other Rhythm Heaven talk? I haven't gone to the bear game that you're talking about yet. I'm a couple levels from the second yeah. ending. It's got like a bunch of fake out endings. It just keeps going. And then there's like a mini game. Yeah. N- I think the bear it. one is like in the third ending. Okay. So yeah. I haven't gone there yet, but yeah, it's, it's great. And I recommend it to everyone who has a 3ds and wants something that's fun. And, uh, it satisfies that craving to, to hit those notes. Awesome. Uh, real quick. Uh, I, so I made myself sit through all of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies before I saw Star Trek Beyond. I'm proud of you. Those are bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are super... Okay. So 2009 is bad because it's like every video game plot where they make like Captain Kirk, Nathan Drake, and he's like super cocky and an asshole. Uh, and he has to go save the villain who isn't really interesting, who just wants to blow up shit and get revenge on Spock or whatever. And it's not really interesting at all. And it's like thematically empty. Uh, Into Darkness is really bad because uh, there's so many reasons. Um, It's basically just stealing stuff from Wrath of Khan and just making everything worse. Uh, And there's no like real logic to it at all. But it's it's a lot more fun to watch than 2009, just because of how dumb and horrible it is. Uh, I feel like you're then... also describing me over here. <laughs> Dealing <laughs> things, making it worse, dumb and horrible, no logic. Oh man, you should write my profiles. No. Look, this is good. <laughs> this is good. Like I'm I'm really I'm a writer. I'm really good at criticism. These are smart critic words. <laughs> Um, but then Star Trek Beyond is actually really good. Uh, it's a really fun time. They actually take their time 
with setting up the plot and the characters. Uh, there's like slow pans of the Enterprise, uh, which is like whiplash compared to J.J. Abrams' tendencies to not keep the camera still, at least in those Star Trek movies. Um, and the writing's really good, it's really funny, the characters are all likable, and it's just a really fun time. And I was really pleasantly surprised uh, with the new Star Trek. And I've also been watching Next Generation. Uh, I'm not really super into Star Trek, and that, like, I was on vacation not too long ago, and I need something, needed something to watch. And I started watching TNG, and it's really... I'm still in the first season, um, so I haven't got to the part where everybody says it gets good. Uh, but I like season one just fine. It's not amazing by any means, but it's still really fun. And I, and I could see where it's going, and I could see the reasons why people like Star Trek in the first... Actually, when I was, well, well, I was watching it, and then I was like, oh... No wonder Jackson and M don't like Mass Effect, because this is just doing the ma the things that Mass Effect tries to do, but like ten times better. Um, so seeing why people like Star Trek uh, and all of the things that I was influenced by is really interesting, and I'm looking forward to watching more of it. Nice, right on. Star Trek ah. for me has always been like a, um, I don't know, it's like my childhood because I would come home from school and sit on the couch with my dad, and we would just watch. Star Trek. Um, so I actually ended up made, meeting uh, Brent Spiner, the guy who plays Data. Oh, my God. And, oh, what? Yeah, oh, my God. I made, like, the best impression on him ever. And every time I come back to Dragon Con and he's there, he continually asks me to date his son. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. What? I got to be one of his handlers at uh, Indiana Comic Con, and he gave me free autographs, which was dope. But um, That's awesome. Wow. Yours, yours is greater. I was like, you know what? I haven't seen your stuff in a long time. It's been a minute. I've slept since then. He goes, haven't we all slept since then? And I was like, high five, my dude. And that was like all of our conversation. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's amazing. You should you should date a son. That would be, that would be great. He's a little bit too young for me, but you know. It's okay. <laughs> it happens. Alan, Alan, any Star Trek thoughts? I I think it's important that it be podcast canon that I have seen the J.J. Abrams 2009 Star Trek movie over 10 times. Oh, right. Why? Yes. Why would you do that to I yourself? Don't know. Actually, I, I do technically know why. It's because I got uh, my PlayStation 3 in like 2010 or and that christmas i was like well i have a blu-ray and i don't have a lot of games so i would just like be on the treadmill that we used to have in our house and put that movie on repeat and i just like because it was the only blu-ray i had and it looked really nice so i just i like learned the script of a lot of that movie it's really not cool because there's better movies to obsess over <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so vapid that's when you yeah. face the treadmill away from your tv and you run away from the movie <laughs> oh yeah there you go it's every action Solid scene advice. though is people running away from cg so it would be the same thing <laughs> It'd yep. be like you're in it, yeah. That's yeah. true. <laughs> and I've watched plenty of TNG back in the day, and I've been meaning to watch more. But there are too many shows. There are just too many shows. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I will say, it doesn't hold up aesthetically either. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like, hey, you remember all the memes about the lens flares? They were right. This is ridiculous. Yep. Uh. Yeah, all of the sets look really nice, but then there's a layer of grilled cheese on the camera because <laughs> you can't fucking stop doing lens flares. Oh, that sounds uh, really good, though. <laughs> which is why I like Beyond also. The set designers got what they deserved by keeping the camera still and focusing on 
uh, shots the Enterprise. So I need to see Beyond. I need to really go beyond good. Star Trek. There you go. There's a specific moment that I can't wait for you to see, and I'm not going to say anything else. Oh, that's Do exciting. Uhura, and is there any other woman in the Star Trek movie canon besides Uhura? Uh, there's someone else that they meet. Okay. Do Oh, yeah, the like alien lady that's in the trailers. Yes. Do the two of them kiss? Yes, no. No. Fucking, what am I watching? Because she's with <laughs> Spock, dog. Oh, I forgot. Are the... Oh, but there is there is one uh, gay relationship in that film, correct? Yeah, but it's like five seconds. Like there was a whole controversy right. about Sulu being gay, yeah. but it's in there for like a minute. Yeah, <sighs> well, that sucks. So why can't I, we make the aliens kiss? I don't know. I also uh, just met, go play um, Mass Effect. Well, Michelle I don't want that Nichols. to. S- sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. I don't want that to sound like queer baiting. By the way, I just really like I genuinely do want there to be more queer relationships in yeah. sci-fi because I've been watching Farscape and that's got plenty of it. <laughs> that show gets it but katie you were saying oh i've i was thinking about it and i've actually met a lot of people from star trek i met um nichelle nichols and she's like one of my idols just for being like you know a woman of color like on tv in the time period and like kissing a white dude um and then i also met george takei and i cried when that happened so oh awesome yeah yeah but they're all so nice and they all did such good work so that's awesome. Katie, talk to me about anime. I'm here to talk about anime. Yeah. All right. So this one. Okay. So legitimately, this is probably going down in history as one of my favorite anime ever. We're making history yeah. right here. Um, And will I ever recover? Who knows? Find out no. next time on Dragon Ball Z. But it's, <laughs> it's Fate Zero. Is what I want. Oh, I've heard of this one. <laughs> oh man! All right, this is this is a roller coaster here. Okay, so basically, um, what it's about is it's like a fantasy, but in like modern times thing where there's a war over the Holy Grail, um, and it can grant you any wish. So there's like masters, um, who are mages or whatever, and they summon a servant who's like a holy spirit, which is just a historical figure. So like. One of them is uh, King Arthur. Another one's like Alexander the Great and Gilgamesh, you know, that sort of thing. Um, They all fight each other for the Holy Grail. And uh, it's... I I don't know how to describe it. It's, number one, incredibly beautiful, but also um, really, really, really sad. Um, I died. I died at the last two episodes. I will admit that. Um, And it just stomps on your heart over and over again. You think things are okay and then they're not okay. Like, they're really not okay at all. Um, But it's super beautiful. It's got pretty lens flares. The fights are really fun to watch. And uh, the soundtrack is um, probably one of my favorite soundtracks. Um, And I thought that it seemed familiar. Um, And the woman who made this like it was the uh sound director um her name is yuki kajira and she also did the soundtrack for another one of my favorite animes wella magi madoka magica and um, okay she produces the albums for um a band named califina who also does like they do a lot of anime openings and endings um Mm -hmm. And I always think they're really on point. So I'm like, nice. It's also really cool to see a woman doing it. 
So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's super full of action. It's super full of uh, like tragedy. But it's fun to watch. Like in one of the fight scenes, like I literally turned to Eli and I was like, "This is an absolute." treat to watch like this is a feast just because of like (laughs) how they handle the camera and depth of field oddly enough i don't think there is a pervasive color palette um palette watch it's kind of just you know it's just this thing um (laughs) and it also doesn't feel like it really has a main character either Mm -hmm. um you kind of just have relatively equal exposure to everybody's stories because there's seven um, people who fight for the Holy Grail. Um, and yeah, I cried. I cried a lot. And uh, will I recover again? Find out next time. Because I literally just finished it last night. Um, and yeah, that was full of full of tears. Eli watched it with me, and he even cried. So <gasps> even Eli, the bear. Yeah. So. Uh. Can I ask a question about Fate? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that show? Fate <laughs> that show. Fate Zero. Uh, are you interested at some point in playing Fate Stay Night, the sequel to that show? Because I've not... I, have, I don't think I've seen a like time before that that a game was a sequel to a TV show. Well, I think it was originally like... Or is it a prequel? Um, it was originally... It's it's a prequel. Um, Fate oh, okay, Zero is that. a prequel. Um, yes. Fate Stay Night came first. Uh, okay. But... Basically, like, a lot of it is a visual novel. It's visual novel based. Yeah, it's a visual um, novel. Yeah. And they also have light novels and manga that go with it. But mm-hmm. uh, I am very interested in playing the games. Um, I just... Uh, uh, the one that is my personal favorite that I really want to play because the caster from it, I think she is super cute. And um, anyway, <laughs> it's on, like, a PSP or Vita or something. I don't have one of those. Unfortunately. So... Yeah. No one does. Yeah, if it's on PSP, you can easily get an emulator. Oh yeah, that's what there. I was thinking. But um, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a really well like fleshed out universe. Um, and it's all like cohesive and like as far as um relating the games to each other and stuff like that. Um, they're coming out with a movie. Uh, that is, or I think it's like a three part movie or something like that, and it's like one of the. Uh, it's like heaven's feel, I think. Um, so I'm super excited for that too because this was like a masterpiece. However, I've heard that the original Fate Stay Night anime was trash. So mm-hmm. there's one version called Unlimited Blade Works, which is essentially a retelling. You should watch that one instead. So I've heard. Awesome. Uh, we'll see if Katie lives by the next episode. <laughs> uh, Courtney, have you been up to anything? Um, I've been up to a lot of nonsense, but I guess, uh, let's see. The main thing is I've been playing the Zero Escape series. Ooh. Yes. Um, yeah, and I'm getting through VLR, uh, right now. Um, so VLR is Virtue's Last Reward, and, oh boy, I've got some opinions on these characters right now. (laughs) Sigma... Sigma is like a piece of shit and I can't stand him. And this is the first time I've played a game where like the protagonist is someone that I'm like, I want you to die. Where are the endings where you die? Because I can't. He's so obnoxious. Um, yeah, so I've been playing through those right now. Like I've been playing 999 on the um, on my tablet 
which is mm-hmm. weird because like I played I played the DS version and I I felt like I had a lot of agency there and you know I was capable of using my knowledge of what I'd seen in other endings and whatnot to to be like what I think is the true Junpei but the tablet version takes away a lot of your choices it still has the branching story path mm-hmm. but your your choices are like are dropped down to almost nothing and it feels like you don't have any agency and it makes me feel like an idiot because everyone's saying the things that because um, I, I like to insert myself into character so it makes me feel really dumb when I can't be all like I know this answer to a thing instead I'm having Lotus correct me and tell me the stuff that I already know because they don't give me the choice to make that dialogue option which is uh, that really, would be so really frustrating. weird yeah, the tablet version is really cool, but it's super frustrating because like my power is limited, and like the the puzzles are are really like non-existent. You get into the rooms and they they rehash the story a bit to eliminate all the puzzles that you do. So you you get a little bit more dialogue in a sense, but I feel like I have no power. <laughs> like, right. Oh, it's so so weird. Um, not a fan of that because like. I'm also kind of not a fan of the puzzles sometimes, too, because they're, like, super-duper difficult, and I'm not afraid to say that I had to go to a website to be all like, wait, what? I Colors? How do these work? Yeah, um, I played a little bit of VLR, and uh, I think I just I got to a puzzle where it was, like, a pool room, and I had to just look around the room and see what to do, and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, Sigma's kind of funny and charming when he starts talking about cats because all of his dialogue is just, like, these meowsing cat puns. But, um, yeah, that was a really shitty one, my bad. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) All these good puns, like this shitty one. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Cracks me up because he's all about cats. But then he'll go and he'll have a dialogue where he's like, you should pull that lever nice and slow. And I was like, please. That's creepy, yeah. and I'm a little uncomfortable. Um, I'm told like the endings after he's like a creepy perv are really satisfying or rewarding, but I haven't gotten to those yet. Mostly, I just want to like throat punch this dude mm-hmm. so bad. Um, so I've been I've been going through that. I've also been um, I've been replaying Pocket Card Jockey, another yes! game. Oh my god. <laughs> um, a little that bit of Pokemon Go. I try to learn Ingress. I'm not smart enough for Ingress, but pocket card jockey holy mololo oh my god words it's <laughs> i've got i've got a witch horse right now what yeah yeah the the pop star will be like this this horse looks like a fairy and i'm thinking like i'm gonna get this bright pink winged glitter beautiful like demon beast and it's like no it's a witch <laughs> who has a crow <laughs> that rides on its on its derriere and it's it's beautiful um that's great. Yeah, I'm just a little sad because, you know, I've been to Seattle, Redmond. I went to the Nintendo offices not too long ago. I've been in Indianapolis and Chicago, and I've only ever street passed two people that play this game. Aww. <laughs> I'm like, y'all sleeping on this. I'll give you the $7.99. This game's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's been kind of fun with the awkward dialogue aside. It's just, uh, right. yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get more into games because I haven't played games much since school. Uh. I played the beginner's guide for the first time. That was a still need to play that. Play that when you're in like an okay mindset. I played yeah. it when I was sad. Do nope. not play that when you're sad. Because <laughs> then you'll just lay on the floor and stare at your ceiling and go, "Why me? What is life? What is meaning? I don't know." Just protect Coda. Um, so yeah, mostly a lot of games. I'm uh, started watching Stranger Things. What do you think? 
Oh, uh, I've got all the way up through episode four. I had to take a break because okay. okay. I'm a little light sensitive, and I was like, "Do not watch this show if you can't do flashing lights." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's not terrible. Um, I'm glad there's only seven episodes. High, I, high praise. <laughs> like, okay, I I have like really weird opinions on creepy stuff. I have to mm. see the the ending of a story to assess if it was like worth the creep That's fair. or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm like this with like a lot of shows. Like, I, I there's only like one anime I started watching where I was like, I'm out, goodbye, forever. This is terrible, and it's um. Yeah, I've been consuming lots of stuff, but not all of it. So like, New Game. Have you heard of that mm. one? No. It's on. It's on Crunchyroll, but it's about this like. This girl who just finishes school and she goes to become a game developer. And it's like a slice of life, all these cutesy anime girls that are all game devs. And they're like, I'm an animator and I do concept art. And they're all like, giggle, giggle, video games and fairies. And I'm like, I can't do this. They spend, like, their boss, you first see her, she's like the, the big game dev star that the girl looks up to. And she's like sleeping under her desk in her underwear. And they're like, we are in that crunch life. And I was like, this is weird. Oh god! Wow! It's super, super weird. And like the second episode, they're all like, "Let's go out and let's get drunk," and I'm like, "I'm goodbye." Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's like the only thing that I've like tried to consume that I had to jump out early. It's mm-hmm. it's real weird because they focus on the fact that the girl looks like she's still twelve and her hero cool. sleeps around under her yeah. desk, and they're all like, "Being a game dev is very difficult," you know, and then they. None of them program. They all do art stuff, which I was like, "Oh, fuck off!" Of course, a little wounded. so close. Like we're getting there. Yeah, uh, I recommend watching that if you just want to be mad for about twenty minutes. And frustrated. <laughs> I could watch the Republican National Convention. Heyo! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Bringing it back to politics. Great. But yeah, I've been consuming lots of like content, but in small doses. Awesome. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we're about ready to go to a break. Uh, So we'll be back in a second after this spooky music break. shivers down your spine shrieking skulls will shock your soul seal your doom tonight spooky scary skeletons speak with such a screech you'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek we're so sorry skeletons you're so misunderstood you only shrilly screams they'll sneak from their sarcophagus and just won't leave you be spirit supernatural or shy what's all the fuss but bag 
Bones of bones seem so unsafe if it's semi-serious. Spooky, scary skeletons are silly all the same. The smile at Scrabble slowly by and drug you so insane. Sticks and stones will break your bones. They seldom let you snooze. Spooky, scary skeletons will wake you. Our shared experience for this episode is the 2015 game Sybil, uh, developed by Star May Games, which is headed by Nina Freeman, uh, who's made vignette games in the past, uh, How Do You Do It, and Freshman Year. Uh, Courtney, you selected this game for us to play. Uh, is there a particular reason why you chose this game, and what did you think of it? Okay, so um, a reason why I've been wanting to play it is a lot of my relationships and whatnot stemmed from being online. Uh, from either games, forums, whatever. Um, and so I identified a lot with the character because I spent hella fucking time playing MapleStory um, and pursuing relationships with people I'd befriended in guilds, which is embarrassing because it was fucking MapleStory. But um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, a lot, yeah, a lot of my romantic relationships and whatnot started because of, of like, AOL chat rooms, or friends I'd made on webcomic forums, or like Twitter, and so it was just really nice to to have um, a game that reflected a lot of the stuff I was going through. Um, mm-hmm. Like recently, I had kind of a, an awkward breakup, and I I've been interested in somebody, and the way that the relationships are portrayed in this game, it's very accurate to what I'm going through right now, which I was not prepared for. I was thinking it was <laughs> going to be a little bit different. It was too real. So, yeah, it was just nice to see, you know, a story where someone else had a similar experience and they had, like, a similar mindset because, like, if you go through all the files, it's, like, really kind of, like, angsty teenage poetry and, like, silly all little that stuff selfies and, yeah. yeah, portraits. And it, it something about it felt like I was, like, looking in on my own dweeby self. Like, my room may not have been covered in Sailor Moon stuff because I was trying to be hardcore and edgy, but... The sentiment was still there. So, yeah, yeah uh, it was just really weird because it was like watching a rela- relationship progress and they were looking for excuses to talk to each other by playing this relatively simple game because they just mm-hmm. wanted an excuse to have a conversation. And it's like, oh. right. it was just, it was very real and very sincere and reflected a lot of what I've been through. So that's kind of why I, I picked it. And it was like, what, an hour, hour and a half. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Katie, what do you think of this game? Oh, this game was almost painful for me to play. Um, and I say that because I also really related to Nina. And it was like playing a game about myself. Um, and like all the interactions like that Nina had with everybody else were like interactions that I had had. And, you know, like from having a website and like a blog to how she typed and how she talked and like the things she would write in her poetry um, are very similar to, like, the style that I have. And she's all about, like, the kawaii aesthetic and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's me. That's how I am. And, uh, like, it 
was incredibly awkward um, for me to, I guess, I don't know. It, it was so strange. It was such an experience because, again, it was like playing a game about me, about my younger self. Um, and I didn't really know how to handle that. Um, uh-huh. And it also made me a little uncomfortable because uh, it was very similar to how, like, I had interacted with boys on the internet about like over games and stuff like that because it it was like conversations that I had had with other people and specific people um it got much easier for me once it like kind of branched off from what actually happened in my life um so that was easier to handle but it was like I I don't know it felt like an invasion of privacy almost and like I needed to leave the room or like look away because it's like this is real life this is a private conversation this is like Nina in her room like right I don't know it's right. too real and yeah. um I thought it was very powerful in that way so Alan what do you think of this game There's a wall of privacy and a difference between the creator and the consumer that I feel like got broken when I played Sybil. Because um, I played it last year when there was a lot of hype in the sort of our corner of the internet talking about it and how it's very personal and relatable and all that stuff. And as someone who uh, World of Warcraft has been an essential part of my online life since I was a young teenager, uh, I totally do get how this game m- mimics what it's like to talk to people on the internet and what it's like to uh, know that you care about the other person on the other side of that character, but to also value that space between you and them and how the virtual space is where sometimes these relationships belong. Uh, But I got to say on the second time playing it, which I did last night, actually, um, I was left a little bit disappointed in some of the dialogue here and there. Uh, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Particularly, after it's 100% clear that you're just going to be talking about or you're going to be following Iggy and uh, uh, and Nina or, you know, Sybil and Blake, whatever, um, because those two characters like, yeah, that's it is awkward to flirt with someone online. That's 100% true. But there's just something about the way that they're written that feels it's like watching Degrassi or something where you're like, I know this is based in real life and honesty but there's a cheesiness and a stiltedness to this dialogue that is pushing me away really hard yes and then i agree with you by the end of the game i felt like i was i was watching characters that i didn't know i'm like well i don't even know like i was with you to a certain point and then he said oh you aren't like other girls you have great boobs you have a nice rack don't you know you're so hot you're hot and you're like i do people talk like that or am i I just like out of touch or what (laughs) um I mean, it depends. It depends. Right. I mean, she is supposed to be 19 at this point in time. uh, And just, like, exploring her sexuality then. I was having conversations like that when I was 15, 16. It's super awkward. But, like, being the very sheltered, shut-in girl that I was, like, those type of comments were, like, amazing to get. So you kind of, (laughs) you have those really embarrassing conversations. That's very true. yeah. Isn't Blake supposed to be twenty three though? I think so. But yeah, he's like, older than her. When when yeah. you're when you're a young girl and you've got a crush, like you're all like, I'm mature enough, and it's like it's a little creepy, but it's it's yeah, a yeah, very yeah. realistic mindset. Um, 
no, I was playing this. I'm like, I'm 20 years old, and I'm kind of over saying that stuff. And then this dude, this motherfucker's 23, and he's <laughs> just like, you got a nice rack. You're you're more unique than other girls because you play video games and you're good at them. That's yeah. A, chill out, dog. I mean, I've been drawn the dudes that are in their 30s who still talk like that, and I'm like, why? Ooh, back it up. Yeah, same. Oh boy. So it's. N- I don't want to meet those people. Not a lot has changed, which is a little depressing. Um, that's fair. Cause like some people just don't know how to interact. Uh, I have a really bad habit of pursuing relationships with people that have never been in a relationship before. And so it's like, I'm going through all this all over again, all the time, like mm. some to different, okay. different degrees. Uh, like, I guess that's just my thing to date those that I've never dated. Just, <laughs> <damn it. laughs> um, so, so for me, it was just really interesting to see like this, this, um, this this man who's not in touch with his emotions or understanding of anything, who's like kind of, they're like both kind of self-loathing almost in a way, and right. like mm-hmm. that's actually a line in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like they they have like they each have their own like kind of inferiority complex, and it was just like way too real because I've had friends that I've known online for years, and I get to know them deeply, like they're going through that still, and I'm like. We live in this world where we're all like super connected and we get to know each other on like a more intimate level and get to be really close and like you have the opposite of like an imposter syndrome and it's super trippy um because like i thought we'd all moved past this like i had this past week like my self-esteem's been like an all-time high and i was like maybe everyone's coming up to where i'm at and i'm like no because like it's it's weird it's super weird um And it, it uh, yeah, the game does make me feel like a little invasive because I'm seeing these really personal, <laughs> private, intimate things happen and be shared. And it's like, you know what? Maybe don't send me the screenshot of this conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Edit out uh, some I, of it. Yeah. I kind of fall on the same line as Al. I, I really liked this game when I first played it. Um, and I thought it did all the things that uh, Courtney and Katie did. And I don't really think less of it i i guess this time around it didn't just hit as hard as the, the first time and i like noticed some of the more awkward dialogue like when i first played this game i didn't understand the criticism of the dialogue because it's meant to be weird and awkward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this second time around it felt like I, I felt like there was some disconnect between the emotion and the dialogue um and i can't really put my finger on it I think it's mostly in the FMV stuff. Um, and, like, I, for me, I thought multiple times while I was playing that, that is, okay, like, Nina is acting. This is what she sounds like when she's acting, as opposed to this is this character. Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of disappointing to me. I mean, like, I definitely understand the criticism there, because there were, like, two lines that really stuck out to me as being uh uncomfortable like first of all like you know when he calls her or whatever and she's like would we have sex like that line was painful for me to hear it was like one of the most awkward things of all time um mm-hmm. and i was like okay i mean i guess you can just ask that but you know it's <laughs> like just right off the bat from being like yeah i'd kiss you um and then the other one was when she is talking to blake and she's like um, please, like, we need to talk face-to-face. 
I can't remember her exact inflection, but it, it was like, this sounds like somebody reading and not mm-hmm. like begging or like mm-hmm. imploring anyone else. And other than that, though, um, I mean, just in general, it was just a little awkward, I suppose. Uh, but I definitely understand that as far as like talking to somebody in a flirtatious way over a video game. Um, yeah. And a lot of this game just felt nostalgic. I mean, we talked about Emily is away before on here too, which is similar, uh, similar and different in different ways. But, uh, this felt the one thing in common it has is how nostalgic it is. Um, and even more so because it works so many, like Emily is away works with the like windows XP interface and stuff like that. And like shitty bands at the time, and this is more. This is more all of it. This is more games, music, whatever Nina was into when she was nineteen and stuff. And that was really cool to see. And like all, like I said, all the blog post stuff is like a gift. They're so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish you could read more of the emails that she had. Yeah, me to too. Get a little yeah. bit more context, because like the world building was a little weak for me. It was mostly mm. the the two people, like the rest of their world and their right. guilds and interactions. I was like, what happened here? Like, right. I got some of it, but I don't have the full picture. And I, I wish you could have the fuller picture. Um, yeah. And like, yeah. yeah, most of their conversations were convos that I've literally had those conversations, but they were over text, and like we deleted them. Yeah, because it's like you don't say those words out loud, and when someone does, like you bristle up like a cat in fear, yeah. and you're just like, "What?" You're so... like, "Um, excuse me, what was that? I don't yeah. remember you saying anything." Yeah, you do the cute little <laughs> giggle, and you're like, "Run away!" And you literally run in your game. You're like, "Don't chase me, but chase me!" Like that's what you do instead, and turn it into a game. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed that we couldn't do that in this game. Like I would try, and like click around like I was flirting with him in the game and like let's oh, do our yeah. combat and he would run the opposite way and I was like that's not true that's not how this happens I really <laughs> don't like the whole game part of it oh yeah, yeah that's good. pretty so it's the worst part of the game and like yeah. the map layouts and you just get stuck on shit I'm like I wish yes. this was a little different um it's that's the weakest part and you have to you have to finish it so that you can hear them talk and I'm like oh right you can skip all of the messages and pictures and emails and stuff and go straight to the game which is like the most depressing route to Seriously. play yeah, this game yeah because then you're missing all the context yeah um, the the biggest disappointment to me about the game part of the vault which is it's final fantasy 11 if people don't yeah. know like that's what yeah. it is uh is that like online games aren't that boring it almost feels like it's like a parody of online games where it's like oh you just run around and click stuff yeah. And it's clearly designed that way to facilitate you wanting to, like, get away from it and be like, oh, I'm going to read these emails. This thing is flashing in the corner. Like, all of the icons jiggle, and I think the UI is super beautiful and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But right. the part where you're playing it is so, like, it's just funneling you down. Like, just go click. It's supposed to be accessible and easy for you to get to the story. But uh, for me, like, playing those online games is as important and enjoying them is as important as enjoying the company that you play them with. Because uh, it's so hard too. to believe, like these two met on this game and they love playing it, and then you play it and you're like, you just, you just click stuff, like you're not getting to engage on any of the systems. And I'm not saying that they oh, should put a full. But you're the other friend are so bad at this. That's game, what Alan. I was about to say. Yeah, it's they're like, bad at. It. Like, what's bad at it? How can what, you be bad at this? You, and they're like, ooh, nice move. It's like, all right, well, all I did was just click like I've been doing this whole time. So thanks. Yeah, as as I mentioned earlier, though, it was like they would use any excuse to talk to each other because they didn't know how to talk to right. each other otherwise. They're like, right. even with this boring ass game that 
not we don't quite understand like how or how is she doing these moves like what are whatever they were looking for any excuse to talk to each other even if it meant they played a freaking shitty ass japanese mech game just so they could get the last achievement in a game and it took 300 fucking hours not Wait like i've done that uh. <laughs> i dated someone from a uh an xbox forum and we were trying to get achievements and we were the only people that had this game hours spent back and forth doing this monotonous game and i was over it i didn't want the achievement anymore but i wanted to talk to this dude so i played this game for 300 and something matches took hours and it was like I... it ended up being like our thing and it was more about talking to each other while just pressing buttons in this mindless task and so that's how i kind of saw this game in a way because it is so weak it was just like they were looking for excuses to spend time together Right. If you look at it that way, it makes it a lot easier to stomach how bad <laughs> the game part was. Um, right. Yeah. Alan, were you going to say something? Yeah, sorry. I kept doing the, like, breathe and then not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that the important thing to take away from this game and that the thing that makes it fundamentally different from Emily is Away um, is that the moral of it in a lot of ways is, like, there's that disconnect isn't always a bad thing. Like, they spend so much of the early game being like, oh, if we were just on the same coast and we could, like, see in real life, like, our feelings would be so much easier to process instead of having to talk on this voice channel and play this game together. Uh, but I've had plenty of, like, World of Warcraft guild members who I'm like, I really love talking to you. I really don't want to meet you in real life. Because uh, there's just, like, mm -hmm. you're a different person when you're online. And that comes to fruition in this in this game when finally... Uh, Blake goes to visit Nina at her dorm and they have sex and it's a kind of awkward scene but it's kind of like a nice tenderly awkward like that is good that scene is well shot the scene mm -hmm. where the two yes. of them uh, have so, sex because um, it's very it's very realistic and it's very much like it, am I mistaken that the actor who plays Blake in those is Nina's actual partner in real life currently yes yeah so it like that shows like they clearly have that um, that intimacy but of course he leaves and says, I fucked up. Like, this isn't going to work. Cause as soon as we put it in the real world, like this relationship doesn't make any sense. I don't know you. I don't feel comfortable with you. Like, I just, I need to leave forever. Like we can still talk. He even says, I'll talk. I'll, we can chat later. And you're like, ah, oh, they're not even going to break this off. Like they're just going to keep talking after this. And that's like one of the saddest things about it. Yeah. I don't know. Once I finished it, I like, I blame, I was like kind of angry at Blake and I was like well I mean classic F boy just you know used her for sex kind of thing and then I like sat and thought about it and I was like okay but Blake kind of talked with her and made it clear that he was uncomfortable with having a relationship in the real world like he said very much that like he doesn't like relationships it makes him uncomfortable he's confused and he doesn't know um, what he wants to do with their relationship and he's like I'm attracted to you physically but like emotionally I, this doesn't make sense to me and she was like pushing him and was like well let's meet in person let's talk in person 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 and he was like okay and then you know it didn't work out and he was like yeah, yeah I, I effed up and I, I don't love you and this time the other thing and it's like you know I mean I understand like how it's hurtful for Nina to feel like rejected in a way um, but at the same time, like, after thinking about it, I kind of got this vibe that maybe Blake is aromantic. Um, I just thought he was more confused more than anything, which I kind of lashed onto the first time I played because that's how my last relationship ended was just me being confused of what I actually wanted. Uh, so that's what I took away from that. 
I see that. I like I said a couple of weeks ago, I've literally had these conversations happen where the person I was pursuing like said similar things. I was like, oh. Oh shit, well here I am in person and now it's weird. I wish I'd played this first and then went on that little trip because whoopsie daisy, <laughs> learned a few <laughs> things about myself, had a lot of introspective because of this. Like, and like I kind of I kind of felt bad for him though because he was trying to articulate, but like how do you tell someone no after they've asked numerous times and you've played countless hours and you have this attraction but you can't define it because seeing someone in person is completely different than hearing their voice over a chat or seeing them type or getting their selfies. It's like completely different vibes and atmosphere. And it was just like, at that point I kind of felt bad for him. And I was like, you might be, you might be a fuck boy, but you also, you know, you're justified because you didn't, you didn't really agree to this girl projecting all of her feelings and emotions into you and investing this fully into you. Um, and it was just like really, really painful because that was like a harsh reality that I hadn't quite come to terms with yet. And I was like, yeah. ah, this game played you a week too late. Um, would have had- you might be a you might be a fuck boy is a fantastic name for a game show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be like every '80s dating show. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'd be all about that. But yeah, I, I I liked this game in terms of how sincere it felt, even if some of the acting yes. was flat. And I did feel like a creep watching Nina walk around in her underwear. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, it was just weird because it was just it was just too honest. Like I wish this game could have been a little bit less honest. It was wasn't ready for those those gut punches. <laughs> well, not only yeah. that, but like shout out to her for being for having this character be a sexually confident woman because there's so few of those in games a lot of times and it's like Mm -hmm. she's kind of pushing this relationship in a lot of ways and she's showing her actual real life live action uh (laughs) body in her underwear like and showing her actually basically having like acting out simulated sex with her boyfriend like that's all real and that's all actually nina on the screen uh Mm -hmm. whereas i feel like you know you we play something like emily is away and you're like oh we're supposed to put ourselves here whereas in sybil because you don't actually have any choice and you're playing someone's real life it's like we're learning about nina and again that can sometimes feel weird because and then it creates this disconnect of like what if i met nina freeman in real life would i feel uncomfortable being like i've seen you naked like almost naked (laughs) like (laughs) is this uh, this is it's it's a new level of um, of separation between like the creator and the person, the the consumer. Again, like I was saying at the beginning, that is challenging. Yeah, it's it's okay. also more intense because this is like a piece of her life that she made herself, that she wanted to share, that she chose to like give to us. It's very different than if it had been like an actor in a movie or she wrote a script that way. Um, right. If she had, if she had written like a little like a live play thing and she does the same thing on a stage, it's the like same level of intimacy. It's just it's weird because like if anyone else played this character, we wouldn't have this this like attachment or this connection. Like had Nina made this game, it was like, well, I'm gonna cast my friend in the role as me. It's like we wouldn't feel so like heavy towards it. It's real weird. Like media the medium like games as a medium as a whole as an outlet it had me like reflecting like what we do and how we project into them um yeah it was just really weird it's just it's got me thinking of the creation process in like a really strange way and i compared this a bit to like the beginner's guide and how you know people insert themselves into a work and then you like view them differently it was i had a very long long (laughs) reflection process after playing this game wrote myself yeah. some of my own 
crappy poetry. Um, <laughs> well, maybe not that far, but it had me writing out game ideas and narratives that I wanted to explore in my own personal life. So that was it was kind of cool in that regard, because I haven't had a piece of media hit me that hard in a long time, especially a piece mm-hmm. of content that took me less than two hours to consume. So, right. yeah, it was big eye-opening experience. Kind of want to replay it, but I'm not sure if that'll taint the experience that I've had. Because then I would just right. see all the flaws instead of all the things that I connected with. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it really yeah. did that for me, too. Like, um, I was actually thinking about it in the car when I was driving the other day. I was like, you know, how cathartic would it be to make a game like this about yourself and like about the things that you've been through and like there's both that like the emotional release of being able to um essentially like vent in this form of art but also like so revealing and uh i don't know um i was also thinking about like the um I guess the media of games as a whole and like storytelling with that and like um sort of like the this release of emotions and like telling somebody your struggle um I don't know I was like oh maybe I should make a game about something I've been going through maybe I should try to do this because do it no. do it <laughs> I don't know twine, anything twine makes it twine is super twine easy twine is to free use. also yeah oh yeah uh, but... and I've, I've definitely made an emotional twine game before I've played it. It's not bad. I played it too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just like I have a new appreciation for uh, games in that context, like using them as a release, as like a vessel for getting things off of your chest and like healing in a way. So. Right. Awesome. Is there anything else before we move on? No, I think, I think I'm good. What's the name of the fake game that Orahack did the drawing of? I'm trying to remember the name of bulldog it. Bulldog something. It's some bulldog. It's fantastic. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. It's really good. The art that's in the game. Where is the mm-hmm. art in the game? It's like in on like an ad somewhere. Oh yeah, it's an ad for one of the other games, and they're like, "I'm not gonna go play that." <laughs> Stand in line for story that. Game. See, yeah. that's that's a cute self-aware line where where Iggy's like, I'm not gonna pay sixty dollars for a short story <laughs> game. I, I like my games to have meat on them, like MMOs. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're <laughs> playing this one hour, eight dollar, whatever. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, they get it. All right, I think that's it. That was some good talk. Yeah. Uh, let's. We got a lot of questions here. We did. Oof. So oh, let's man. tackle them together. Uh, Courtney, do we want to do Taylor questions? Do we? Oh my god, no. He, he a mess. Taylor, I want to hear you. this my neck, my back I'm rendition. at least going to read it. Okay. I'm at least going to read it. This is from Taylor. <laughs> These are all questions about you. <laughs> <laughs> how is she How is she a queen? What magical powers does she have? Is she jealous? Or, sorry, is she Jesus? Uh, can she fly? Can she sing my neck, my back? I want to hear the my neck, my back. Honestly, mm-hmm, I'm ready mm-hmm, for that. Mm-hmm. Oh man, maybe, maybe when I've been liquored up in a couple of hours. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, T- Taylor, Taylor's great. Uh, they're the one that helped me boost my self-esteem by giving me a great haircut and coloring my hair. Thanks, homie. Nice. Yay. 
Yeah. Currently, I he's like got a purple beard and rainbow hair right now. Purple what? eyebrows. He looks flawless. Very nice. Diane yeah. Harris looking motherfucker. Beautiful. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> When you get your hair a good color, it's the most satisfying mm-hmm. thing. It really is. Right? Especially Me when you got a friend that does hair for free. Mm. Mm. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you, friend. I'm going to buy you some cookies when I'm in Gen Con next weekend. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one's from M. M has two questions. What is the best flavor of Pop-Tart? Uh, I, uh, I have an answer for two. this, but it's... Okay, go ahead, Courtney. There's two. S'mores? Mm-hmm. And strawberry. Brown sure. sugar is trash. <gasps> no, take that back. <laughs> oh my gosh. That mine is brown sugar, <clears throat> and the s'mores s'mores is a close second. Oh god, brown sugar is so disgusting. Oh. Why? It's just sugar. <laughs> Rancid. It's oh god, no, it's too much. It like the amount of sugar in brown sugar feels like it's coating my teeth with like this <laughs> grittiness. It's the color of sand. It just looks real sad. <laughs> Fucking brown sugar pop tarts are a joke. They are pop tarts that never reach their potential. They're smooth on the top and it's Aww. misleading as shit because it's gritty on the inside. I don't like it. I I like it a lot. Uh, I also I have high cholesterol. I can't eat that shit anymore. Oh no. Oh yeah, I haven't uh, had pop tarts in years. But whenever I ate pop tarts, that's the one. Either that or s'mores. S'mores are really good. I'll give you that. God, what about you, Alan? Pop tarts are so rancid. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> Descent. I was originally gonna just say brown sugar because I didn't know that it was gonna start a calamity. <laughs> uh, but also, I feel like there are people who listen to this podcast that are like, "Ugh, that's the most Alan answer." Alan's the boring character on the podcast. <laughs> Mine was brown so, sugar. So yeah, right. So I appreciate that. Thank you for being on Team Brown Sugar. I'm brown, dog. Team Brown. Here we go. Liking uh, brown sugar is worse than the people that put ranch on their pizza. Oh, oh what's God. wrong with ranch? What's wrong with ranch, though? I get ranch crust on um, my pizzas. I'll put, I'll dip my crust in ranch. The people that get like a whole thing of Hidden Valley and they just douse their pizza. Oh, you can't okay, see okay, that's actually yeah. that yeah. means you hate okay. pizza. That's like what you're doing there is you're saying I don't want pizza. I want another flavor instead. You just want to. I don't want pizza. I just mouth. want just, ranch. Yeah, an easy squirt bottle. Just open your mouth and just consume the ranch. Just squirt right away. Like just <laughs> squirt right away. Squirt right in there. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah. <laughs> squirt that creamy ranch. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, question two from M is which common emoji is your least favorite? Okay, you know the blue like tank top with the sash. <laughs> a woman on the train one like a year or two ago was like, "Sir, you're young, right?" And I'm like, I take out my headphones, listening to my podcast, and I'm like, "Uh huh, that's me, the young one." And she's like, "What is this emoji?" And I'm like, "I think it's a blue shirt with a sash." And I found out later it has to do with sports. It's like a like a swimming outfit or something. That's my least favorite. But it's got a good memory behind it, so there you go. Okay. Anybody else? I don't I'm like still trying to think. The 100 emoji, actually. Um, it's not. It great. doesn't feel one. like it. Like, it doesn't feel like it goes with the other emojis. It looks so. <sighs> it stands out too much. It doesn't feel like it fits. It it looks like mm. a sore thumb. Like, I don't know what's wrong with it. It doesn't follow. It also doesn't express a lot. It's like, oh, this is 100, and it's like, I get it, that means that it's good, but there are so many better emoji to describe something that is very good. Well, see, the 100 emoji is always accompanied by, like, five others. True, that too. You can't, it doesn't serve its own, it doesn't work on its own. It rounds out whatever meme you're trying to make. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's tacky when people wear it on, like, hats and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. The ones I can't stand are the monkeys. <laughs> People always send me the monkeys when they're mocking me. They're like, oh, you did something embarrassing covering my eyes. I was like, how dare you? I hate the monkeys. They uh, make me so mad. Is is that just racist? What, for people I... to send corny monkeys? Maybe. Because if someone sent me that out of context, I would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I the mean, only... yeah. They make, they make the hands with the colors, but you'd send me a monkey? The, fuck you. the only thing with the monkeys is a friend of mine recently was like, hey, you know the one that's covering its mouth? It's it's barfing into its hands. And now I can only ever see it as a monkey <laughs> barfing what? into its hands. That sounds Why like would your myth. friend just say that anyway? <laughs> Because he's, I he thought was it like, was like the hear no evil, see no evil. Thing. It is. You're right. Yeah. My friend's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I know enough about emojis to answer this question, to be honest. Oh, you could just say like eggplant. Oh, I eggplant. like I like ed- I like eggplant. Courtney though. just sent us a monkey covering its eyes. Good work. <laughs> I can't look at or you. Sent it to me. No. Good. The eggplant ones really don't ever look that up on Instagram. If you. Oh yeah. I mean that one's oh, just yeah. shorthand for for a penis. I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it is. A wing, a wing wang. There and was like then... a trend for a bit where dudes were just wearing like gray sweatpants and you're just like, wiener, wiener. Over here. <laughs> Woo! You know what? I'll do the surfer one. The surfer dude. Is that uh, really a common favorite? one though? Ah, uh, probably not. I don't think the sash one is common know. if you want me to be I more don't common know. answer. <laughs> I don't know. I also can't stand the lady with her hand out to the side, like, uh-uh, girl, oh, I don't yeah. like that one either. Yeah. I don't like that one either, honestly. That one's really white. Even though you can change its skin color, that one always feels inherently white to me, and it bothers me. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like when people used to Z-snap to try and look like they were sassy, and I'm like, what the yeah. frick are you doing with your uh, life? Uh, so that. That's actually a really good comparison. I also didn't know that was called Z-snapping. That's good. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me snap my fingers in a Z-formation. Have you never heard that? If you ever made me really mad, I would snap a star at you. Ooh, ooh, that's good. Oh. That's fancy. Yeah. Oh, it, it took sounds like, It looks like you're going to summon a demon, right? It's like one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> yeah. six. Persona. The worst part was I actually did put my arm in a circle when I was done, so I might as well have been summoning Uh-oh. something. Um, cool. But you know what? Satan was God's best friend. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this next question comes from Brenna. She asks, would you rather have a horse-sized kitten or a kitten-sized horse? Horse-sized kitten. Horse-sized kitten. Instantly. A horse-sized horse kitten. Yeah, I want to ride I a kitten around. Them. Oh, man. Yeah. What if you just rode a giant kitten around? Fuck yeah. Yeah, you don't want a tiny horse to be pissed at you. Like, your ankles would not exist. Those teeth just tear right through. Goodbye, <laughs> rest in you. peace. God, no. And, like, who's to say that this tiny horse doesn't still take horse shits? You can't litter box train that. You can litter box train your giant cat. Just get like a sandbox from like Toys R Us. This next one comes from Jackson. How much distortion is too much distortion? Yes. Uh, So there's... mm, It depends. So... If someone is making an album and their whole thing is distortion, it better be a damn good album. Yeah, you can't rely um, on that as a crutch. It depends on how good you are at at using it. If someone is just like, I'm going to just do guitar distortion in between the verses, fuck off. That's <laughs> not going to fly. Um, but if you're if it's, a, if it's a stylistic thing and if you're putting thought into your distortion, that is key. 
I'm trying to think of albums that actually use distortion remote. Like Pinkerton is a fucked up album, but the guitar stuff is good. I really like the Woods, that Slayer Kenny album. Uh, that is intentionally supposed to be their like most distorted album, um, and it was supposed to be sound like sound super fucked up and stuff, and that's good. Um, in terms of bad distortion, I'm also trying to think. Um, geez, I can't think. There's so many bad like '90s bands that tried to be Nirvana. Mm-hmm. So any of those basically. Um, I'll find out tonight. I'm going to some like DJ thing at a bar called Internet Friends, and they do internet-inspired set lists. And I'm like, there's going to be some dubstep. There's probably going to be some distortion. I'll find out. How much is too All much? Right. <laughs> yeah, get back to me on that. Going right out on the field. Um, and then going to a Cards Against Humanity comedy show right after that. So that'll be fun. Well then. Nice. Yeah. Uh, second question from Jackson. Who is best girl? Um, Yukiko. Yukiko, obviously. No. Abnormal Mapping said someone else. If Fireside Friend, we're saying Yukiko. Is this a Persona-specific question, or is it just best girl? Well, we're making it a Persona. <laughs> okay. Me and Courtney, we're on Team Yukiko. We found this out a couple of days ago. Such a great day. We're going to we're gonna keep saying Yukiko. Yukiko is the best. I'll uh, bring up K-On, and I'm going to slap a vote down for Mio. So, that's mine. I'm getting a Mio figure in the mail. And she's also my icon. So, hooray, Mio. Awesome. Uh, so, I talked about Evangelion many weeks ago. Um, and Because I don't have a good persona answer. Sorry, it's been too long. Uh, but I was talking to, I think, Ryan recently about being like, oh, there are no characters in pop culture that I intimately relate to. Just because I haven't thought about it enough. And I haven't thought about my identity enough to really nail that down. Like, which character is so me? Um, but I recently was, like, thinking about Evangelion again. And I it's not actually Shinji the sad boy who I relate to. It's actually uh, Asuka. Asuka nice. Yeah, it's, there's something about her, like, desire to have people think that she's the best and, like, the best person that they know that I intimately adore and feel like that is me in a way. Because um, mm-hmm. as a kid, it was, like... If I have a character that relates to me, it has to be a dude because that's how things work. <laughs> and then as soon as I was like, "Wait, that doesn't have to be that has, doesn't have to be true," I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's the it's the cool girl on Evangelion." Because uh, I'm not a robot, so I'm not Ray. Um, people have seen Evangelion hate that line because I thought that Ray was a robot for the whole show. Uh, she's not, for what it's worth. But yeah, Asuka's great. She's she's best girl. All right. Uh... Yukiko's the best, though. Sure, sure. You want to talk about Yukiko for a while. She's so awkward and nervous, and she's just me. She's just me. She, she's got a fiery passion to her. Eh? Fireside eh? passion. Yeah. Oh, oh good. That too. Oh, my God. Everything's just come full circle. <laughs> Slayed. Oh, I'm done. Goodbye, guys. I've ascended the Is Yukiko the one with the cool sex dungeon? No, that's Rize. Oh, okay. Yukiko's the one with the castle who's trying to find her her hot stud. Yes. Oh, that's Ryan. Yes. That's Ryan. Right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I wasn't going to relate that aspect I to mean, it, but if you want, sure. I bet you Ryan's wearing the Groucho glasses with the swirly eyes right now. <laughs> Always. I mean, I made my own pair for a costume once. I, w- I woke so. up that's with these. Great. That's great. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Yukiko is like the only cosplay I've ever worn out to like a gaming thing. 
I've got other costumes, awesome. but I'm like, these are just going to be for Halloween only, for close friends, because bashful, but I was like, I'm going to go be Yukiko at PAX, bye. <laughs> yeah. Ran into one Chie and a Naoto who shaved his arms, and he was like, I regret this. Mm. <laughs> made a mistake. <laughs> He's like, this is going to come back ten times worse, but whatever, his Naoto is actually pretty good. Um, yeah, Yukiko's the best. My giggly, right. snorty, sad girl who just... <laughs> Damn yep. it, perfect girl. I agree. All right, let's move on to some housekeeping. I want to thank the people who shared the last episode Brenna, Deborah, Corey, Sean, Destiny, and Rose Limburg. Uh, thanks everybody so much for sharing the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Fireside. You can send in questions and comments at firesidefriendspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also review us there, too. We only have one review so far. Um, it would be nice if we got two reviews. What if we had two reviews Whoa, instead of one? That's twice as many. That is... Yes, the math checks out. That's okay. twice as many. We can check with the uh, committee again if we're not sure, but yeah, I think that's twice as many. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, Courtney, where can we find you on the internet? Um, okay. Sparkly Kiss everywhere. S-P-A-R-K-L-Y-K-I-S-S. I'm on everything. I respond to everything. So, yeah. That's me. Awesome. <laughs> How about you, Alan? I can be found at twitter.com slash Alan Ibrahim, where I feel like I haven't tweeted publicly anything other than, like, banal, uh, observations which actually that's twitter right that's just what twitter is and arguing I don't, if you want to follow discourse you can do that yeah too. so there's no discourse <laughs> here on at alan ibrahim spelled a-l-l-e-n-i-b-r-a-h-i-m that's actually a really smart way to promote your twitter yeah, account zero okay discourse. no ghost but no ghostbusters talk we're good here no dmc nothing nope. um uh, and i oh sorry no, I was just saying, if you want, like, selfies and, like, us saying how much we all love each other, follow all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Follow the love. And then yep. I uh, also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash popmodernplays. We just started playing Sonic Generations, and that game's fine. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan? <laughs> the most radical thing you could say about a Sonic it's game. fucking <laughs> That fine. thing's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, can find, you can find me at Taco Detective, like always. And, uh, yeah, we all made it out alive. Somehow. <gasps> Happy 13th episode. We will be back in a couple weeks with another episode. Uh, hopefully with another guest and another thing to talk about. Or we'll just talk about nothing. Uh, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Good luck out there and don't forget to take care of yourself. See you later.